Do I want any Amazon apps? $25 app store credit. I don't even know what I would get in the app store. Exactly. I got the credit for using the Android app, so Mm. I've gotten that before. It's their way of enticing you into their store, Mm. even though it's less convenient. I don't even know what I would get at their (laughs) store. Yeah, this is Commonplace Audio, uh, an audio journal for inquisitive minds. My name's Camden Busey. You've heard the voice of my lovely wife, Erica Busey. We're here talking, recording some episodes, and doing some work for Reformed Forum. Uh, But now we're doing a little bit of a personal project uh, with Commonplace Audio. Commonplace is kind of a weird name, uh, but it takes after the historical practice of keeping a commonplace book. And so in this program, I'm seeking personally to promote the flow of important ideas and lessons that I gather in my personal studies and conversations. And today I wanted to speak about reading. Uh, There are a lot of different ways to read a book, uh, but often we approach books, I believe, in an unintelligent manner. Uh, Eric, I remember when I um, first started reading the Westminster Pre-Seminary Reading List and getting ready to attend Westminster, one of the books on that list was How to Read a Book by Mortimer Adler. Um, It sounds funny to try to read a book that teaches you how to read a book because shouldn't you already know how to read a book if you're going to read a book called how to read a book and the question before you though is yeah you know how to read but you know how to read well you know how to read intelligently and he advocates uh, four different levels of reading in there there's a you know a very basic skim and an inspectional reading there's an analytic reading there's a syntopical reading which is a kind of reading where you're not just reading deeply and asking questions, but you are also comparing the book to other books in its field and outside of its field, asking big questions and trying to understand it in relationship to a larger body of knowledge. The thing about books is that not every book demands the same level of reading. Not every book deserves the same level of reading. And I found that in in my 425 episodes of Christ the Center and and however many of those were based on a book, that all sorts of different books require different levels of reading. And I've actually learned quite a few lessons about preparing for an interview uh, by reading in a weird way. Have you ever read a book in a way like that? Or do you, what, what, is, what is it like when you approach a book? Do you just open the book and look at the first word and then start reading? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, I've approached some books like I was going to write a book review. And so that would be a different approach. I generally... You just, you often read fiction. I have a hard time reading nonfiction because... And I have a hard time reading fiction. (laughs) For me... Because my mind is in the programmed mode. Like when I approach fiction, it's, it's like... It's not like reading. It's something different. Right. I almost feel like with nonfiction, like, just give me some bullet points. Like, why am I even reading this? (laughs) And a lot of books do that. Yeah. I would rather read fiction. (laughs) Series of propositions. Not for, you know, escapism. I don't want to read, you know, junk fiction. But I love to read literature and books that, um, I don't know, help you to think about the human condition and they expose you to a world outside of your own four walls that you live in 
and well, yeah, but doesn't nonfiction do that too? In a different way. Yeah, I think if if that's exactly why you're reading fiction, which I think is a wonderful thing to do, and very worthwhile, but in many ways it's beaten around the bush. I mean, you you could look at good nonfiction writing is actually getting to the point. You know, I don't have to build up this whole narrative and, and, you know, go all in these crazy directions to come up with, you know, some basic lesson about life and love where somebody could have just come out and said, here's my lesson about life and love. But I don't know. I, I don't get... think nonfiction can ever help you to understand <laughs> the human condition <laughs> and contemplate the more beautiful things of life. What are you talking about? Of course in it can. In the same way. Mm. Oh, in the same way, no. I, I, obviously, there's a place for fiction, good literature. That's right. another question. You know, how does that word get used, literature? Right. But um, there are certainly things that, lessons that can be learned in a much more profound way through narrative and through story that would not be as effective in just some sort of linear, propositional, nonfiction writing. But there are advantages to both. Well, sure. Yeah. But I've never been moved by the prose of a nonfiction book. You haven't read Your Heart is Voss. (laughs) (laughs) Cornelius Van Til. I have read some Voss. (laughs) But I would rather sit and listen to Lane Tipton talk about Voss than necessarily read it myself. He's an English major, so... You like Longfellow. Yeah. Would you imagine? Poetry. That's good. I um was thinking recently about the different levels of reading that are in Adler's book and trying to remind myself that it's okay to read books in this way because I mm-hmm. check a lot of books out from the library. I'm a little bit like your father this way where you see something, we're interested, you just grab it and more budget-friendly to do that at the library than it is at the bookstore. Um, but not every book deserves to be read just every word. And, and you get, I get this like reader's angst sometimes, you know, just, I want to read this, right? This looks cool or this looks interesting. And then you, you get the book. And then if it's from the library, you know, the clock starts ticking and you feel like you got to finish it before you got to give it back or renew it. And then you've renewed it too many times and then you got to send it back and you feel like you failed yourself if you don't read the book. Or if you just buy books or people are giving you books, you have a giant stack of them and uh, you're accumulating books faster than you can read them. Mm -hmm. That is an extra burden when you have the view that every single book needs to be read from front to back, every single word, which is just not the case, especially with a lot of business books or, um, I don't know, self-help books in the better sense, not just, you know, weird stuff, but... You know, the, the, not every book like that needs to be read straight through. And most books should be read at different levels. Read, inspect it, you know, thumb through it, look at the table of contents, then start flipping through, looking at the, I read the intros and the conclusions to every chapter, start flipping through, scanning a couple uh, paragraphs here and there. Then you can go back through and read it more quickly. And then you can determine whether or not it deserves actual heavy lifting yeah i think that's a i feel like i was trained to read um well 
mostly fiction, but to read in depth and to analyze and study and to give great care and attention to what I was reading. And I almost think a lot of times that's why sometimes I don't pick up a book, any book, because I think, oh man, this has to be really worth my time. If I'm going to invest in reading this book, I need to know that it's going to be worthwhile, that I can... But how do you know that? It. That's the it's problem. It's hard to know. You don't. You you can get you it tend on recommendation. To go with classics, but yeah. even then, you don't always know. And then you can ignore more modern, um, current books. Mm-hmm. And also, which you which you've done for a long time, right? You never. To you some know, extent, if, it, if it's not a hundred years old, it's probably not worth your time. <laughs> That's not true. Well, I mean, like make, I love you. Joke to me. Wendell Berry like, and Marilyn yeah. Robinson. <laughs> oh, Wendell Berry. He's never written any nonfiction that's worth reading. <laughs> I enjoy his nonfiction. I've been moved by his essays. Yeah, but not in the same way that his fiction draws out the same topics and the same points. It's different. Mm. It's different. Like when you read Hannah Coulter and you read about Which is excellent, an yeah. entire life, you know, and how that life is dedicated to a place and a people. Mm-hmm. That's more weighty than, you know, a one chapter essay on the importance of people in place. I think they inform each other. Why he won't buy a typewriter that can't be serviced in his local town. (laughs) Right. I I love Wendell Berry. Uh, What, you know, to come back to the levels of reading, though, um, just reminding myself of these, these things as I was preparing for some interviews recently, I found myself reading in a type in a, a mode of reading that I do often but I just never really interfaced it with Adler's approach hmm. and when I'm preparing for an interview and reading for an interview um it doesn't mean I'm reading every single word uh, a lot of books I'll try to read every single word before I interview the author but that's not the f- where you're going to start and some books don't deserve that or need it uh, mm-hmm. Ideally, the if we're going to do an interview, it is a good book, and we've decided that we want to do that sort of thing. But right. still, sometimes it's it's not necessary to get a picture of the essence of a book and understand what's in it. Uh, you can do so uh, by a more inspectional reading. But I don't know what to call it. But otherwise, you know, reading a book as if you were going to interview the author that can be a helpful thing for everyone out there, even if you'll never speak with the author. Because it helps put you into their mindset. You're reading the book mm. from their vantage point, looking at it, trying to figure out what's in it, uh, how was it organized, why was this important to the author, and then start reading the book in order to develop questions based on the book's own material. And that's something I developed over the years, and I found it really helpful. And it helps me understand the book. You know, when I'm asking questions on Christ the Center, I often ask questions that arise directly out of the book. Now, it might not be that the author says, now, what does this mean about X, Y, and Z? The the statement might not be uh, a question, but there might be something in the chapter or in a paragraph that seems to sum up a section or a sentence or a, a segment in which there seems to be some overriding question. And you can often ask yourself leading questions, you know, and I'll do this. I'll write out the table of contents uh, as I go, and then I will start to 
look at the headings and look at the big things, and then I will ask leading questions based on those sections. And it's really useful. I mean, even reading a book of somebody who passed away hundreds of years ago to start reading with the mindset of how would I interview this person? It forces you to put your mind in a place and to think in a particular way that drives you to be more sympathetic, but then also critical. Mm. And you can move beyond the leading questions into more critical questions and then having a dialogue with the author. And that's where you'd start to get into the higher levels of reading the analytical and the syntopical readings. Yeah, I can yeah. see how this is um, This is definitely a step above reading um, to write a review or to write a paper or to write a digest. I mean, I know... Well, but like, in, in one sense, different. it could be it can be less because be. you might not know. You know, and, and sometimes you'll be looking at that and you're like, well, what's this? Why is this here? Or how did this book come about? <laughs> you you know, don't even have to look it up. You just... You just ask the person. Yeah. And and th- those are kinds of things w- which are, would be good to ask. And as you're asking yourself these questions and, and doing so in the voice of an interviewer asking the person about them, you're also, I think, educating yourself and, and becoming a better reader and a, perhaps even a more critical reader. And then as you read at higher levels, you know, for review mm-hmm. uh, or enjoyment, but then, anal- you know, deeply analytically and then syntopically, you can start to answer those questions yourself. Or perhaps there are unresolved questions there for the author. And uh, there's all sorts of really interesting things that that arise when you read with the intent of interviewing the author. Whether Mm -hmm. or not that's actually going to happen, you can still interview the author and interview the book, you know, Mm -hmm. put it in a position where it has to respond. That's a good, healthy way to read, where you're active, not just passive. That's what really distinguishes good reading from television and do you think this mainly things. applies to nonfiction or could it apply to fiction too i mean most yeah. of the things that you're reading for interviews would be nonfiction. Sure. it's all theology and you know things that are categorized in ways that are easier to break down and think yeah, about modern asking books questions. are like that too especially with headings and you know summarizing introductions and conclusions for every chapter and for the book as a whole so Things often in the modern time or, or in the contemporary era are structured in a way they, they can be digested like that. But I absolutely think that not, uh, fiction could still be beneficial. Or I mean, can profit fiction reading can profit from this method because you can ask about this figure. What is this figure thinking about? Or you can ask the author, from what experiences did you draw? Or what research did you do for this scene? Or um, why is this person here? How does so-and-so advance uh, the dramatic, the plot or the tension or uh, all sorts of things like that? Imagine you have the author sitting across from you and you want to know why things are the way they are. It's just a different mode of thinking uh, and a different mode of reading that I think forces you to think more critically about stuff. How would you change it? You know? Do you think the book could have been stronger with a chapter on this? Or if this uh, character didn't exist? Or if these two characters were the same person? Or if you'd split this character into two people? Or this character chose a different path at a critical juncture than the one they did? You know, all sorts of things could arise Mm -hmm. when you're thinking this way. 
Someone should write a book on that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you add it to your pile of yeah, things that you have to things, write? Things I have to write? Yeah. Reading for interviewing. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I do doing a podcast. I could you just could talk, do like throw an, ideas out. Like then. an EPUB and... <laughs> you self-publish it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make a shell company so that we can publish under the shell company so it doesn't look like I'm publishing it myself. Great idea. <laughs> Passive income. Charge a dollar. Uh, Yeah, we'll give it away free if you give us your email address, and then we'll try to sell (laughs) you things later.